0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum.
1: To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with
2: Amex.
3: It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder.
2: It's beer cracking
3: season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Busy first hour on the program. Welcome. Hour two on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick show. Recapping in no particular order. Maverick Top Gun. Nominated for an Academy Award. Best picture. Patrick Mahomes. Expected to start against the Cincinnati Bengals. The question is, how healthy, how mobile will he be? We'll talk to uh, Doug Peterson, the Jags head coach, after the loss to Kansas City. He'll join us in about three minutes. Marcellus Wiley, the former pro-defensive end, will join us coming up a little bit later on this hour and uh, get his thoughts. He thinks that uh, Mahomes will be really limited on uh, Sunday against the Bengals. Also, uh, by the way, the point spread has fluctuated. The Bengals open as a three-point underdog. The line is now Cincinnati, a two-point favor.
4: Yes, Marvin. I want to redeem myself from the first hour. I'm almost sorry about the first hour, almost.
3: Well, I gotta, I gotta, I have to recap how you screwed up. Please go ahead. So now you just jumped in and screwed up again to start <laughs> hour two. Did I? Yeah, you just interrupted me because I was getting to things. It was, I was, I, you know, it was flow. I was flowing, hustle and flowing. <laughs> That's what I was. Why are you laughing? Yeah, that was a movie worthy of a best picture nom, by the way. <laughs> Terrence Howard was
2: wonderful in that Great movie. movie.
3: Yeah. Taryn Manning, I think, was the the co star yeah, yeah. there. Yeah.
2: Okay. When the Fritzy right. goes to the bathroom, hustle Bloom, and flow. Whoa. He hustles.
3: Okay. So um, the uh, Point spread gave you that. The Honest Cowboys Twitter, uh, where they said, uh, let's see, this was the. Uh, recap of the game. Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice and the narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. So that's on the Cowboys uh, Twitter page. They also talked about uh, on that site. And, and there's one writer who's on there who handles all of that. Is that right? Patrick Wilson? Yeah, there's a,
2: a gentleman named Patrick Wilson who's okay. the house writer.
3: Okay, so also, Mike McCarthy took to the podium following the loss to the 49ers to give his take on a season that had the opportunity to be special but instead ended up being anything but. This is on the Cowboys' Twitter page. It's still up, by the way. Uh, plays that might get forgotten including uh, include Tony Pollard's game-changing injury and a dropped interception by Trayvon Diggs. I mean, we understand that those things happen. If you're a Cowboy fan, you know those things happen. Now the forward spin is what? The forward spin is who's coming back? Is Zeke Elliott going to be uh, you know, traded, let go, cut, whatever? Uh, Dalton Schultz, you're going to bring him back? Like I would think the Cowboys' Twitter page would, would be forward thinking. Like, okay, let's not dwell on this. Let's move forward with this. But the fact that it was put up and is still up is what's surprising. Because at some point, somebody has to run this by Jerry Jones. You know, after the fact, he's not going to be there when they're putting out the tweet. But at some point, somebody's going to go, you know, we should probably take that down. You're not being fair to Dak. Because Dak did take ownership. He said, this is 100% on me. I don't know if you need to, you know, reinforce this. We also found out who's singing the national anthem. Found out very quickly. Normally, we like to guess on the program. We make a game out of it, but no, not Marvin. Marvin found out and he said, uh, Hey, guess who's going to sing the national anthem? Chris Stapleton. <laughs> we're like, Game over. We're supposed to guess. We were going to guess.
4: Okay. But the NFL did announce who's singing America the Beautiful.
3: Okay, let's guess. <laughs> <laughs> I give you a hint. He's
4: an R&B singer who was big in the late 80s, early 90s. Johnny Gill. Close, no. <laughs> Brian McKnight. Good guess, no. Okay. Todd? He doesn't have a real name. He, oh, I was going to go Peebo Bryson. <laughs> like 72. <laughs> Love Peebo Bryson. God. He, you
3: said he has a real name?
4: He doesn't use a real oh, name. Oh, he doesn't it's use a
3: stage, a, a stage name. Oh, stage name. Hmm. He's going to sing America the Beautiful.
5: Seton? Terrence
4: Trent Darvey. <laughs> That's a great pull. That's an amazing pull.
2: Wishing well, kiss and
4: <laughs> Yeah, we, we didn't know what happened to that guy.
5: He was... Oh, wait, no. Who's the dude Ooh. who was, uh, he was like shredded. He's got that really famous video. Cisco? Maxwell. What? D'Angelo. <laughs> I think it's D'Angelo. Is it any of those guys? No, it's Babyface. Oh, oh Babyface. Okay. Right?
2: All right. Mr. Face. Okay. Mr. Face.
5: Brian McKnight, Babyface.
3: Tomato Tomato.
5: Yeah, same thing. Babyface probably produced all of the people we Pro- just mentioned. <laughs> probably So probably he's, like, he's so. like technically yes, that is all me. <laughs> so
3: Chris Stapleton is gonna sing the anthem.
4: Yeah, that was a good guess thank by you. you.
3: Thank you, Marv. Thank you. Man, did you screw up big time first hour?
2: <laughs> me- okay. Medium time.
3: Well, in your eyes, when when you said it, because normally you're going to be like, you know, hey, now we'll go to break, we'll tease it, and, or you say to Pauly, hey, you're the one that uh, announces this, and then we all get to guess, just like we did with Babyface. See how much fun that was, Marvin?
4: Yeah, that was a barrel of
3: laughs. It
5: was, but but Pauly's arms go flailing, yeah, like he's flopping. He plays for Duke. Yeah, see, And now see, Marvin, where we could have gotten four minutes of content had you keep kept that quiet. Mm-hmm. You're now going to get the rest of your life being reminded for, of this. right? Yeah. It, so it Dan, in 20 years, Dan's going to text you and say, hey, Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Be like, I'll okay. be listening to Chris Stapleton. I'll take a screenshot
3: and then I'm going to send it to you. OK, so I mentioned it like, what's the big deal? Like, oh, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Fritzy's still paying for Sims. Many. Sims. Uh, <laughs> took, took place
5: 15 years ago. Yes, Paul?
2: Satan's right. Four minutes or, you know, sometimes disaster can last a lot
5: longer. Yes, it can. it has got to be four years of content with, uh, it's probably replaced your hands, honestly. Oh, no, no. It's pretty yeah. close. Uh, not yet.
2: Not, when the national anthem starts, though, and Chris David <laughs> starts singing, we'll <laughs> all be texting Mark. <laughs> hey, God, I had no idea.
5: <laughs> like, dude, what's the big deal? No, no, no. Hmm. All right, 877 3DP
3: show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. I wish it was Carl Lewis, by the
5: way. Bill? Let's give him another shot. Uh oh. Uh It was just the anniversary of it. It's yes, been like 30 today? years. I think it was on Saturday. Oh. Let's give him another shot. Fritzy loves that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> 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 now the rockets.
3: <laughs> <Red glare. laughs> <laughs> Whoa. 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 When, when you see when you see Derek Coleman, he's got his warm ups (laughs) up over his face. He's trying to hide from (laughs) laughing. This is here is one of the greatest Olympians of all time, and he's all he looks good, you know. And he's out there, and but he starts out way too high, you know. And then you are going, oh, guy, you got to bring it down, bring it down. You got to start down here. And he's up here, and when you get up there, you got no, no other place to go. But we
1: watch with so gallant the
6: streaming and the rockets. Uh
3: oh. Uh the Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh,
4: if there's anyone that could run quickly out of the building in embarrassment, you would think. Carl oh, would have I to see. Get out of it. Okay,
3: yeah, this where that speed would come in handy. Get out of it. Yeah, uh, let's make way for uh, Doug Peterson, the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, and did a wonderful job. Got into the postseason, got a dramatic win against the Chargers, went into Kansas City and went toe to toe. And coach, kind enough to join us. What do you feel like you accomplished this year, coach?
1: To accomplish and win the AFC South. Uh, I think is is uh, it's incredible for this organization hasn't done that you know in a couple of couple of seasons, um, you know we have a laundry list actually of firsts here in Jacksonville that uh, that we we have accomplished and that one day we'll be able to sh- you know share that with you, um, to go from worst to uh, a year ago to winning a, a postseason game you know very much uh, an accomplishment to this organization and obviously to the players on the field and. You know, to make our make our way into the divisional round of the postseason. So, you know, this this season overall was a huge success for us. Just uh, being able to get Jacksonville kind of back on the map and and uh, you know, putting ourselves kind of laying the foundation for uh, for the future and and something that we can build on. You know, going into twenty three.
3: How important is playoff experience? You have it. Your team didn't.
1: It's everything, you know, because I talk a lot about playing in January and playing in February here. I did starting in April when I, when I took over and, 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 you know, with my first off-season team meeting, we, I, I started sort of, you know, using that language that we want to be playing meaningful football games in the month of December and January. And, you know, that's the, that's the standard now. Uh, guys, guys expect that. And, and I think they now believe that it can be done. And it takes hard work. It's not. It's not easy, obviously, as you know. And uh, <clears throat> for us to have a couple of playoff games, especially for our quarterback uh, to lead our football team the way he has all season long uh, to get us into the postseason, it's just a great step in the direction that you know uh, we want to go.
3: How did your defensive philosophy change when you realize Mahomes had the high ankle sprain?
1: you know you you think thing is you 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 don't change a whole lot when stuff like that happens now um you 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 still want to execute your game plan and and still uh, attack the way you want to attack in the in the game um but you know it's just a little more mindful that hey you know the backup quarterback is in if if you have to pressure a little bit more you can uh maybe get get uh if you can tip some passes you know whatever you can do at the line of scrimmage but really bottom line is you don't change a whole lot just because the backup quarterback is in the game
3: have you had a high ankle spring
1: bad way back in college way back my uh my senior year in college yeah it's been a long time ago
3: because i'm wondering about you know mahomes being ready for this game coming up this weekend the way he plays with that kind of injury
1: it's going to limit him um number one um you know it's if he does play, uh, it'll be a it'll be a, a miracle for him and, and the the training staff to get him ready to go. Those are those are those are painful. Uh, those take a while to to heal. Uh, but I know he'll do everything in his power to get himself ready, and he'll want to be out there with his teammates, and and he'll uh, he'll gut through. But it's going to be painful and sore, and it will limit some of the mobility that he has.
3: How important was having Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback to taking that job? Because we talk about coaches. Needing that quarterback, we had your quarterback. We weren't quite sure exactly what he was, but we knew he had potential. But on the outside looking in, how attractive was that job because of Trevor?
1: Yeah, you know what, Dan? It was very attractive to me uh, having the quarterback piece here already uh, in place. Um, You know, I hadn't really studied a a lot of Trevor, but what I had studied and and watched, I I was really impressed. And and, uh, just a young young quarterback that I know – and kind of knew at the time that we could, once we got our hands on him, we could we could get him headed in the right direction and and coach him up that way. And uh, you know, he was just a he was just a sponge. He's been a sponge all season long, and and you saw the progression, you know, the course of this season, you know, the the mishaps. I think early in the year to really uh, solidifying his game and being one of the top you know top quarterbacks in the league by the uh, by by the end of the year.
3: He's Doug Peterson, the Jaguars' head coach. But having played the position, granted, not at the level that, you know, Trevor does, but how does that help you, you know, the game against the Chargers where you're like, hey, come on, it's okay, patience? Or what do you say as somebody who's played the position before?
1: You know, you just, you just got to keep a calm head and, and just get him to believe that we can get the job done. And, and, you know, we just got to, even in the first half, you know, if we could find a way to get a touchdown, and we we talked about this stuff on the sideline, we could find a way to get ourselves in the end zone before the half ended. Uh, felt like we could get ourselves right back into the football game, and then just continuing to talk to him, like, hey, it's just going to be a one play at a time, and really chip away at the uh, at the deficit that we put ourselves in, and and um, you know, the defense was the same way, and and you know, all we needed was some stops defensively, and then offense. Uh, you know, at halftime, we said, hey. We're going to have to score every time we touch the football, and and we were able to do that, uh, and and come away with that win. But it's just a it's a mindset that hey, we got to take care of the football, uh, score every time. We got to score touchdowns, not field goals. And then you know, defensively, you got to do your job and, and get off the field.
3: Do you ever talk to your players about your playing career?
1: I do, I do from time to time. Uh, they probably don't remember some of the guys that I played with <laughs> because they're <laughs> because they're young. But I do I do share some stories from time to time.
3: Okay, but what is your career highlight that you you can say to Trevor? Hey, let me tell you what I once did.
1: <laughs> well, I, I've shared a couple things. I've shared a couple things as a backup quarterback in Green Bay when when Brett got injured, uh, whether he got knocked out by concussion or by injury, and I had to go in the football game. I've been able to share some things of that nature. I've also. Uh, my career in Miami, you know, being the guy that came off the bench for Don Shula's, you know, career uh, milestone victory there in Philadelphia, um, and then and then being a starter in Philly, you know, uh, in a, in a in an environment that is very tough, and and uh, just just going in there and and just kind of focusing on your job, focusing on your teammates, uh, how you lead by example, uh, how you study, how you prepare, you know, each week is something. And you know that I was able to share and, and uh, kind of use along the way.
3: When's the next time you get together with your players?
1: Not until April seventeenth. You know that's it's, the uh,
3: rule uh, that you you that yeah. period of time you can't now. Can you have? Yeah. Can you talk to Trevor? Could you meet yeah, so him I at could, Starbucks? I, I,
1: I could, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could. I could talk to all our players that way. You know, in a, in a social setting and and uh, just reach out, see how they're doing, and, and making sure they're uh, you know staying staying uh, you know uh in shape and things of that nature but you know you can't talk football you don't want to talk x's and o's things of that nature and uh until april 17th when we get everybody back
3: congrats uh that successful season I, I would say i don't know if you go well we only won nine games or you know what what is successful to you having won a super bowl but given what you took over and what you did and how formidable you were that's pretty damn impressive
1: yeah, I appreciate it. You know, and it was uh, a lot of hard work in the offseason, laying the foundation with the guys. But, you know, their their determination, you saw it this season with this team. We we lost five games in the month of October. In fact, we lost every game in October this year. And it would have been easy for us to, you know, really go in the tank and, and, uh, and spiral out of control, which I think this organization has done uh, over the course of the last couple of seasons. And our guys didn't do that. You know, they stayed the course. They stayed. Uh, they trusted the process that we were uh you know that we were on and 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 got it done and uh, so proud of the guys for doing that AFC south champs you know again going from you know from last place to to really first place is uh, is pretty incredible it's incredible you know a feat for the guys
3: have a great off season coach thank you very much thank you Dan doug Peterson Jaguars head coach great year and it may sound strange when I'm asking a coach if you know Did you have a great season? Because we can look at it because we've seen what the Jags were a year ago. And to get to that point where you have nine wins, you win a dramatic playoff game coming back from 27 points down. You go to Kansas City, and you have a chance to make it really, really interesting. They had the fumble inside the five-yard line. But uh, I would say there's a lot of positive things there for the Jacksonville Jaguars. When we come back, Patrick Mahomes' injury. How serious? How will that impact the AFC title game? Right after this, just went out and took a uh, tour of the Sprinter van. Just want to make sure everything looks good because Seton, I think, is going to hit the road on Sunday or Monday to
5: get to Phoenix.
3: You've got this mapped out of how far you think you need to go each day?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've been looking at like mileage and directions and things like that. I think we hit, like, we'll probably get to Pittsburgh Monday night, thinking Chicago Tuesday night. Hmm. Uh, are you expecting a ceremony or anything like a welcoming no 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 no, okay no um and then wednesday i want to say it's going to be like a des moines situation Mm. but by the time we get to omaha or lincoln nebraska that's Mm. where we really have to figure (laughs) out are we going south to kansas city Uh, or continuing west towards, like, Denver or something like that. That's going to be the real day. The Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van customized
3: by Gretsch RV. The Dan Patrick Show Ultimate Fan Van Sweepstakes. To enter, get official rules, visit danpatrick.com. Your chance to win. Unlock your potential inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 18 plus in most eligible
5: states age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply pick six not available in all states including but not limited to connecticut and new york for up-to-date list of states visit dkng.co slash pick six states void where prohibited see terms at
3: pick slash promos Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more. MBUSA.com. Marcellus Wiley, our good buddy, making his uh, weekly pit stop and his More To It podcast on the Dan Patrick Podcast Network is a hit around the country and uh, it's available. It's sports, entertainment, cultural, and he touches on uh, all those different landscapes there. The More To It podcast with Marcellus Wiley, wherever you get your podcast. Marcellus joining us
5: on the program. Let me uh, give you the poll question here. Seaton. give the poll question to Marcellus. I'm most concerned about Patrick Mahomes' ankle, Joe Burrow's cockiness, Jalen Hurts' shoulder,
6: or Brock Purdy's inexperience that's number one, uh, because that's tangible. That's actually physical. You think about Joe Burrow and his confidence or his cockiness, I think that actually leads to charge for these bingos. When they find themselves... In dire situations, they lean on Joe Burrow and his impossible mentality of I can conquer all. Uh, You talk about the shoulder injury we had with Jalen Hurts. He's been through that before. I think he's learned how to recover from that. Brock Purdy's in an interesting place. He's in a place where... He doesn't know the magnitude of the moment as much as everyone is advertising it to him. So in those moments, before you get to really recalibrate, before you have an off season to exhale, before defenses have an offseason to game plan against you, You're still just going to ride that wave. But Patrick Mahomes is coming into this game compromised mentally and physically. He knows he's not going to be in the same situation he was last week with the adrenaline flowing, the needle poking into the ankle to give him that great medicine. All of that's going to change for Mahomes.
3: I also wonder, because so much of the game is reactionary, that now he's got to think when he is maybe going to have to escape the pocket. He might have to almost recalibrate in the moment to say, I can't I can't do that or I shouldn't do that.
6: Athletes normally don't play that way. Yeah, the best athlete is mindless. The glow, the zone, when you're not thinking through it, it's all instinct. And when you're compromised and you're going through the work week, the toughest part is you're always going to give yourself a physical exam. So you get out of bed. You put your ankle down. Oh, that doesn't feel good. Okay, you go to the kitchen. You're like, all right, Brittany, let me go. Let me try and go to the table. Oh, that doesn't feel good. You go to practice. You're not practicing. And now you're starting to get out of sync with your normal rhythm. And then you get on the game field, even after the injections, even after you get all the medicine and you're hyped in the crowd, you're still thinking about your ankle every single step. So that's a different athlete. That's a slower athlete. A guy who's not in the zone. so Patrick Mahomes certainly will be compromised. The game plan will have to be edited. All things will change just because of that ankle.
3: And this is a Bengals defense that a lot of people haven't uh, spotlighted. But you've already contained Josh Allen, so you've contained a, a you know a running quarterback or quarterback who can run. Uh, how do they approach Patrick Mahomes if you were a defensive player playing against Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl on the line? You go for a tackle. How do you tackle him? (laughs) Do you do anything that might be bordering on?
6: Uh, It wouldn't border. It would cross the border. Absolutely. You got to build a wall because I'm crossing this border. Really? I am trying to. (laughs) Oh, of course. Are you kidding me? I get Patrick Mahomes out this game. I got Chad Henney. No disrespect, but not the same amount of respect. That's the difference. First your first point was great. The Cincinnati Bengals defense did not get its proper due last postseason when they really carried this team to that Super Bowl appearance. They were the real MVP when Joe Burrow was kind of riding a roller coaster in the postseason. Once again, that defense shows up as well. So now you go against Patrick Mahomes and you know he's not mobile, he's limited. And it's impossible for you to fear something you don't respect. And guess what? I don't respect that Patrick Mahomes can test us right now. I don't respect that Patrick Mahomes is going to get outside his pocket and do damage. So now we don't fear that. So now our game plan gets to now shrink their offense to just, what are you going to do in the running game? What are you going to do in the quick passing game? Because you're not going to let them go three, five, seven, step drop. You're going to have them in shotgun, dink, dunk, and hopefully air it out here and there. All of that plays into the hands of the Cincinnati Bengals. What a defense that is playing at a Super Bowl level! If Joe Burrow wins this game
3: in Kansas City, now we might put an asterisk by it if Mahomes isn't completely healthy. But does he leapfrog? Does he? Who does he leapfrog in the uh,
6: quarterback list, if anybody? Um, he. He's ahead of Justin Herbert already, just because of postseason success. Let's just go there. Even though I like Herbert better as a quarterback, I digress. Uh Josh Allen, watch your back. Josh Allen, look out. Because now you're going to see a Joe Burrow who's been to two Super Bowls. Regardless of winning them, he's been to two Super Bowls, where Josh Allen, with all of his talent and all of his tangibles and everything he does for that offense and for the Buffalo team, where's your super bowl appearance and joe burrow coming off that collegiate career that perfect last season he was already riding that wave and his intangibles line up with a tom brady just a different display of them because he is greater than the sum of his parts you can add up joe burrow as a scout and say okay i give him a 90 grade but somehow some way he goes on the field and gives you a 95 and that's why you look at his intangibles. They relate to a Tom Brady, who is someone who's going to play better than all the things that they have going, adding up. Sometimes we look at
3: the quarterbacking position. You go, well, that guy wouldn't win the punt, pass, and kick contest. And and yeah. and Josh Allen would win the punt, pass, and kick. Uh, or Justin Herbert, Mike, Joe Burrow's not going to. I want you to react to this. Marvin, would you play the Jim Gray question to Tom Brady about his future?
1: Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew
6: what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already f-ing done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time.
3: Okay, said, so uh, it, is he being cranky? Is he being serious? Is he like? Mm. How did, what's the context of that answer?
6: Oh, uh, my grandmother used to say, "The way you go in is the way you're going to go out." And what that means is Tom Brady was a sixth round pick, number 199, and no one gave a damn about how long Tom Brady was going to play. Nobody even gave a damn about if Tom Brady was going to play into the sixth round, right? So you always have that in your ticker. And then when you get to a place where everyone is clamoring for your every word, your every moment, your every move, you can never negotiate that feeling out of your life. So when you get to this place where you truly don't know and you've been bombarded with the same question every single day, you go back to the beginning. You go back to the foundation, which is, dude. You didn't give a damn and check for me then so why the hell are you checking for me now and it comes out as cranky but tom brady is really in a place of indifference he does not know he knows the positives but he's also smart enough to calculate the negatives of returning potential impact to legacy potential impact in terms of injury and how it's going to display in his family life this is a different tom brady existence so I wouldn't call it cranky. I'll just tell everyone that Tom Brady's a little bit tired of you checking on him when you didn't check on him in the beginning.
3: Do you have any problem with the Cowboys Twitter site saying Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in the narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self inflicted wounds? It's still up on the Cowboys Twitter page.
6: Yeah, I do have a problem with it. Um, the friendly fire of it all. Like, you know, you're going to highlight. My indiscretions, my issues on the field, knowing that this is the ultimate team game and knowing that what you're really trying to do is trying to get cover for what the Dallas Cowboys reputation has been for the last 25 plus years, which is no postseason success. So now you're going to use me as the poster child for something that is greater than me. Not only in the moment is it greater than me, if Tony Pollard plays that entire game. I'm here to tell you guys that the Dallas Cowboys advanced in that game just because every time he gets the ball, it could be instant six. Now, you put it all on Dak and obviously the turnovers, but still, if you're Dak Prescott, you have to feel like, This is coming from higher than the social media department. Sometimes in the organization, they're disconnected. Sometimes they're taking their marching orders from someone higher. If I were Dak, I would feel like Jerry Jones had his hand in this. I would feel like someone of a senior level of executive had their hand in this. And that will make me feel really uncomfortable. Well, I
3: don't know what is odd or, you know, the fact that it was posted or the fact that it's still up there. Because if Jerry Jones wanted this down, it would be down.
6: Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You think about it. One, did it get to Jerry Jones yet? Like some things, you know, first of all, if you got billions and billions of dollars, are you paying attention to all these things? Are your handlers coming to you and telling you, hey, man, you know, there's some noise out there about this and who doesn't survive better and love and thrive in the noise more than Jerry Jones? That said, it does seem like it's a conspiracy. It does seem like it's connected to higher authority, Mm. which is trying to send a message to that. On
3: the podcast this week, uh, why Shannon Sharp held court courtside against the uh, the Grizzlies? Um,
6: yeah, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't right. but oh, right? It was dead wrong. Uh, like <laughs> the, the, the worst part of it all is this. Shannon Sharp. I played against Shannon Sharp. He gave me the business my rookie year. That's when they won their back-to-back Super Bowls in Denver. I remember him holding me and laughing at me and giving me life lessons (laughs) during the play. He literally said, hey, this game is about M&Ms, money and memories, young man. You'll learn it. I'm like, let me go. I'll figure that out later, right? So I got lots of love for Shannon Sharp, but he's been on that field. He's been in the heat of battle, and he's heard the hecklers. He's seen the hecklers, and not once has he ever said, let me jump in the third row and see what's up. So why would you now flip that on Dylan Brooks and the Grizzlies premeditated, show up to the actual game courtside, and think that they're going to cross that line when you never cross that line? It just seemed like it was a traveling circus. Like, you know, we have this element in media now where we're trying to go viral at any cost. And it just felt like that was one of those moments that was so, like, lacking authenticity. And it just seemed like it was thirsting for attention.
3: He since apologized yesterday.
6: Smart. Smart.
3: Yeah. But how would that have played out if Dylan Brooks went over there?
6: Nobody broke it up. Or Steve, oh, oh. Steven Adams. There you go. Now you're talking. Now, if Dylan Brooks went over there, it'd be Shannon Sharp one, Dylan Brooks and Grizzly zero. But when Aquaman <laughs> shows up, when Steven – seven-foot Aquaman <laughs> shows up, we got problems. And Steven Adams – if everyone watches that video one more time, watch the security guard that goes to Steven Adams first. He got put in the washing machine. Yes. Like, Steven Adams, like, just, like, move, man. But you know – This is the thing. No one wants to throw hands. No one's out there to fight. It serves no one's greater good to fight. So therefore, all of the wolf tickets that are being sold and come here and what? (laughs) f you? It's like, dog, we are grown men with lots of commas on our checks. Why are you acting like this and broadcasting this to the world?
3: Sometimes we look at uh, a football player and we go, man, that guy's big. And then you see Shaq. And then you go, no, no, that's big. Like a basketball player is big. Football players can be jacked, but, you know, you look at some of these basketball players and it's like Yao Ming. Now that's a big man.
6: Yeah, and he has the levers to reach you from across the court, right? (laughs) That's the thing. So you look at Shannon Sharp. He's he's muscular. I mean, he's yoked up. Those are big muscles. But Shaq, Stephen Adams, those are big mammals. Like you got to look out for those dudes, man. They come at you. It's gonna be a whole different game plan.
3: The podcast is more to it, and it's available on danpatrick.com. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, you uh, you're gonna you're gonna pick your Super Bowl teams. You're going to talk about the uh, Mark uh, the Marcellus Wiley curse and a few other things on the podcast this week. Uh, did all your former teams lose this weekend?
6: Oh, whatever! Not smiling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like I, like I said when I played, everyone's like, "Where's your Super Bowl championship? Where's your playoff success?" I said, "I had bad teammates." That's all I can say. <laughs> and now I guess I had bad organizations because we can't even win when I'm not on the field. It's crazy. Uh,
3: if you're handling the Bills, though,
6: you got big issues and yeah. small issues. Big issues. Big issues. Bigger than being advertised because Brian Debo left, and when he left, he took some of the punch from this offense. They just put it all on Josh Allen. Leading rusher almost every week. Josh Allen. Oh, it's fine because Josh Allen is amazing. The problem is when you get to the playoffs, no one allows you to go plan A. It's all plan B. Where's your curveball, not your fastball? And that's the problem with this offense right now. McDermott's a great coach, but I think him being defensive-minded, he needs another day ball in there or else things are going to be ugly.
3: Thank you, Marcellus. Have a great week. All right. Appreciate you, Dan. Marcellus Wiley. Great podcast. Great reaction to it. We'll take a break. Some phone calls coming up back after this. This is Steve Covino and Rich Davis, and together we are Covino and
6: Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy.
2: Uh, That's right. Covino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show, heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast.
3: Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin'
2: dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and
3: relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
2: or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah!
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards.
3: Marvin broke that news earlier today. <laughs> it's a great choice. You know, the only problem is he only gets to sing one song. Have they done a collaboration of country singers? Because I th- I thought that that was going to be next. I thought if you're going to have Taylor Swift eventually, I think there was a sponsorship deal. Uh, wasn't it Pepsi brought you the halftime show and maybe she was affiliated with Coca-Cola, but uh, Rihanna will be uh, doing the halftime. And I, and she'll probably bring in a few of her friends. But I was wondering if they, you know, Keith Urban, Chris Stapleton, uh, you know, Darius Rucker, you could get uh, Shania Twain, you know, all of these, George Strait, like get all of these country
2: people. Oh, man, you're, you're putting together a good show. <laughs>
3: And it, and in in an Arizona, I would think that would be a great place for that. Yeah, Pauline.
2: I'm going to go back to January 30th, 1994, Super Bowl XXVIII. Uh, e, uh, e. <laughs> uh It was in uh, the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, and the Judge Judds, who were all heavy heavy hitters back then. Yeah, that was a good that was a
3: good show. I think it's time for another uh, country collaboration. Arizona made a lot of sense. Cor- collaborate and listen. Yes, Martha.
4: Does Chris Stapleton have any halftime show appropriate songs or is it just when they, you know, kind of slow it down a little bit? Oh, no, he's got
3: a lot of great songs. He won four Grammys, I think, the first time he was up for the Grammys. We had him on the day after, I think. But I think he won four Grammys then.
2: Yeah, Paul. George Strait's still touring. I just saw that he's doing some big stadiums this year. I've never seen George Strait in concert. Can we go? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why don't we go? I don't know
3: where we're going or when we're going. But I, I would love to see George Strait. Yeah. I've just never seen him. The fireman. Uh, Tom Brady, the uh, cranky Tom Brady, uh, was on the Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray, and he tripped a player during a game, and he got fined just over $16,000, and uh, he gave his thoughts on the fine that he got.
6: I'm a little disappointed, though. Why? Because I tried to tackle him with my right shoulder and missed him and i wasn't going to try to stick my arm out so i was trying to get him on the ground. And try to get him on the ground and i missed him completely. I didn't even hit him. I, I tried to trip him but i didn't. So, i don't know how you can get fined for something that didn't even happen. Are they finding an intention? It's like targeting and you and you miss the person you hit and they still call it targeting. So, i i got to figure out and understand why this is the case. It's a little lot. Uh, this is why i wish our NFLPA was stronger.
3: Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So $16,000. And he admitted he was trying to trip somebody, right? But you can't be, can you be fined for something that is premeditated than you actually weren't able to do? He whiffed.
2: Yeah, pulling I'm watching the clip. The Cowboys player goes past him and he does a classic soccer tripping slide. It's definitely intentional, but it does appear that he missed him. So there's the debate. Do you have to make contact? to get penalized and fined for tripping.
3: No, because if I throw a punch but I don't land in a game, in an NBA. NBA game, you're going to get fined What and if suspended. I
2: swing at the quarterback's helmet really hard but just just miss it? Am I penalized?
5: Well, in today's NFL, yes you
2: are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Eden.
5: Yeah, like I think if you threw a punch in the NFL, you would get penalized. Um, but he it's just a dirty play. It's it, it kind of is the intent behind it. Isn't it? Well, yeah, I I had no problem with him getting fined because, you know,
3: thankfully he didn't trip him.
5: And I don't even know why he's calling more attention to it. Just just pay the sixteen grand and it's move the, on. It's the
2: principle of it, I guess. It is, you know, he did not make contact. I, it's going to be tough to... But he's already
3: admitted he tried to do it. Right. It's not like where you go, you know, the plausibility where you, you
5: deny it. You're like, I didn't try to do it. He's already told us he did. If he had made contact, he'd still get fined sixteen grand, and they would tack on ten yards to the play. Right. Yeah, that's the only difference. Mm. <laughs> uh, Roman in Utah. Hi, Roman. What's on your mind?
7: Yes, Dan Patrick, two second time, long time, and a five eleven hefty two ten. Um, I want to comment on Tom Brady's. If I knew what I was going to do, then I would have done it. Okay. That's the best um, comment I've ever heard. If I knew what I was going to do, then I would have done it.
5: Thank you, Roman. Took his time on that one. Yeah, big wind-up there. Big wind-up. I feel like we're just missing what what he was getting at. Yeah. Because it was probably... Profound, but we just, we're just we just not getting it yet. If I knew what I was going to do, I would have done it. Right.
2: But Jim Gray wasn't asking what you're going to do. He said, what's your timeline for making a decision? It's like, do you have to tell the, the team you're on or any team in a month or in three months because of the draft and free agency? You would think that a team would want to know before March.
3: Well, I'm guessing that Jim was able to check the box there of questions that I need to ask, and... That one, of course, you're gonna ask that. You have Tampa Bay teammates who have already said they don't think he's coming back. Okay, what does that mean, Tom? You know, are we ruling out going back to Tampa if you play again? Yes or no? Are you gonna? Are you considering broadcasting? Are you gonna? Are you involved in the Super Bowl at all this year? get, like you know, I guess you could ask some questions, but. You know, do you want to interrogate him on his own podcast? That would be fun. That'd be fun be able to do that. But Tom, you know, remember he got, he said he got forced into retirement last year. And I think that's why he was like, all right, I don't know what I'm doing. Because he thought that he was given the correct answer where he's going to, I'm going to retire. And then quickly, 40 days later said, nope, I'm not. I understand why he might be sensitive about this. Uh, Jonathan in California. Hi, Jonathan. What's on your mind?
7: Good morning. Five nine one forty-five. fellow guild member, SAG Astra and Sandman co-star Spanglish many, many moons ago. All right. Uh, South anti-motor. So the, the poll question, <laughs> Mahomes ankle, it's the back ankle It's where he's going to throw off of. I love Burrow's cockiness. I think the New York Metro area would agree. Jalen hurts shoulder is fine. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Just wanted to get Jamie Josta's stat of the day, and Dan, I wanted to be in your corner about random audio recordings of sports events. So uh, if I can get the Josta uh, music, that'd be awesome.
3: Okay, got to hurry.
7: Since January 1st, the Memphis Grizzlies have won nine straight this calendar year until they lost in dramatic fashion to the Lakers and Shannon Sharp. And since then, they've dropped three straight, including last night, to Dan's Sacramento Kings.
3: Thank you, Jonathan. It's your stat of the day. 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 Final hour coming up. Hall of Famer Bill Walton on LeBron closing in on Kareem's all-time scoring record. And why are the teams scoring so many points now? Final hour coming up. One more item as we close out Hour 2. Every great day starts the night before. Quality sleep. That should be your new New Year's resolution. You probably already screwed up your original one, but make sleep your number one goal. Whether you're going to get more exercise or eat healthier or you're going to be better at work, it all starts the night before with a great night's sleep. And they have great tips for you. First of all, you'll find out your sleep number. My sleep number setting is 75. Go in and find out. Also ask about the Sleep IQ technology. It'll show you how long, how well, and when you actually slept. Keep the thermostat neutral around 65 to 68 degrees at night. That's ideal for sleep. Also, right now, save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed Queen, now just $1,999 plus. Special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com Patrick. The official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.
5: And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item.